When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? It is Sunday. It is the first NFL Sunday of the 2020 season, and your Buffalo Bills are 1-0. 27-17 win over the New York Jets. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, our first post-game edition. Usually you'll see me go live maybe on Periscope or on Facebook after a game from a stadium. Uh, that's been our, our uh, cadence in the past, but New year, new us. It is going to be myself and Ryan Talbot after every game, bringing you the shout reaction podcast. And I had to run home. I was at the stadium, which was great. It was great to see some football. We'll talk about the weird ambiance of, of no fans there today. Uh, but, you know, we, I'd have to film with a mask if I stayed there. So I decided to come home, uh, do do it here. here. Here we go. Shout football podcast find it on all your audio platforms subscribe rate and review that really helps us out hit that like button wherever you are watching and we're going to get into this thing a little bit here ryan you know first and foremost what's your what's your biggest takeaway from this game because you know we talked about it to start the preview show about how you know the expectations were high and you know some people wanted to see an offensive explosion you know what we saw today was an offense that for most of the day was able to move the ball had a lot of success few mistakes here and there. Uh, they end the game with 27 points, basically 10 for the Jets. I don't really count that that last touchdown. It was like kind of a, in garbage time. But uh, what was your main takeaway from this game? I thought it was a dominating performance by the Bills. And, and I, I guess people that didn't actually watch the game, people that might look at it from the outside will say, well, they only won by 10 points, this, that, or the other. But it, but it was never really close. The Bills marched up and down the field on this team. They held the ball for 41 minutes on offense, just absolutely dominated the time of possession. Uh, it, it felt like Josh Allen was converting third down plays uh, almost every time, and I know he had a few that he didn't get, but they were converting third downs. They they knew the Jets' weakness, and that was the pass defense. The run defense for the Jets was very good today. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary were, were bottled up very well. The weakness was in the past defense, and the Bills took care of it. And as we saw, we finally hit that 300 number in real action for Josh Allen, which, again, it's not actually a big deal, but now at least everyone can stop talking about it. Yeah, it's so funny because we had that conversation after the uh, scrimmage when he threw for 300 yards in the scrimmage, and you you open it up with the, the party hat on. And, you know, today was 
you know, it, it felt like a legitimate 300 yard game. I mean, he made a lot of big plays. A lot of it was in that short game. And even Josh himself admitted after the game, like, Hey, I know everybody wants to see the deep ball, the Stefan Diggs and, and John Brown, but you got to be smart. You got to take what, what the defense is giving you sometimes. And you also got to attack the defense where you want to uh, attack them. And I thought that the bills did a really good job in that short game. And we were banging that drum week after week after week talking about what I thought John Brown and more more so Stephon Diggs could do in that short game. And we saw that today. I mean, a lot of connections, 10 targets for John Brown, nine targets for Stephon Diggs, uh, eight receptions, I believe it was, or um, 86 yards uh, for, for Diggs, 70 yards for, for, for John Brown. It was working. And, you know, I think that Josh took it upon himself after the game, wore a little bit of uh, what everybody was, you know, uh, upset about during the, the first quarter, first half there with the two fumbles, he wore it. He basically said, I got to do better there. But I also liked what he said. He said, you got to put this into perspective. It's been sev seven months since the team did this, played in an NFL football game. And so I think that there was going to be some uh, ebbs and flows in terms of uh, cohesiveness. You look around the league, you look at what happened in, in Cleveland today. And I know they were playing against the Baltimore Ravens and that's a you know Super Bowl contender. But Baker Mayfield was just blah. I mean, he threw for under 200 yards. Quarterback rating wasn't there. Had an interception. Josh Allen, while he did have the two fumbles today, again, no interceptions. And I think that that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, he, did he have a few dangerous passes along the way that could have been intercepted? Absolutely, but it didn't happen. The, the fumbles were brutal. There's no other way to put it. The first uh, fumble, he picked up the first down, but then he was kind of carrying it loosely. Uh, so that way, when he got hit from behind, it got knocked out. The second one kind of flipped up and it fell out before he hit the ground. You know, he's got to clean that up. He, he's got to set his feet on certain passes where he had John Brown wide open in the end zone. He's a, still a work in progress. That's what you have to remember. But look at him compared to the rest of the quarterbacks in this class or some of them. You mentioned Mayfield. You look at Sam Darnold today. Now, is the Bills defense elite, one of the top units in the league? Absolutely. But other than... Uh, one play, uh, Jamison Crowder, 69-yard touchdown pass because there were a few missed tackles. Really, that, that offense, that passing offense, should have been held under uh, 200 yards easily today. Darnold was missing guys. He threw a terrible interception uh, across his body. So, you know, you, you still have to remember these are guys that are in their third year. You have to remember that they haven't played in so many months and that there's still going to be some issues here and there. Overall, though, I, I think you should come out of this game feeling pretty good about the Buffalo Bills. Um, so a couple things that I want to dive into today. If you guys have any questions in the comments, as always, feel free to uh, guide this conversation as you like. Uh, we'll start with the um, uh, linebackers, because I know I've been getting a lot of uh, stuff in my mentions about the linebackers. Tremaine Edmonds hurt today. Matt Milano hurt today. Milano with a hamstring. Edmonds with a shoulder injury. It looked like Tyrell Dotson went out as well. I didn't see that during the game. I was kind of writing at the end, uh, but he he tweeted after the game, and so we'll get an update tomorrow. Matt, Sean McDermott after the game had no update. He said he hadn't talked to any of the training staff yet, didn't know the severity of the injuries. So this is going to be kind of a wait-and-see approach. The hamstring with Milano, to me, if you were asking me which one I was more worried about, that would be the one. I mean, we see what's going on with Josh Norman here. What are we now? Almost three weeks uh, removed from when he suffered his hamstring injury. He had to go on IR this week. Matt Milano's had some hamstring issues in the past. So this is something where, man, as you move along here, this could be something that, depending on how bad it is, where he's forced to miss some time. 
uh, with with Edmonds. He came back out of the locker room, went into the tunnel for a bit, came back out, wasn't wearing a jersey, but he did come back out to watch the rest of the game. So you, you probably figure or hope at least that it's nothing broken. But again, these these are so tough. I know everybody wants instant answers, but you, you hate to speculate on these kinds of things. Oh, without a doubt. And even Delshawn Phillips missed some time today, too. So that linebacker unit was hit hard by injuries today. Uh, I saw someone in the comments say, Is there, do we have any more linebackers left? Well, you know, obviously some of the reserves came in today. Uh, you saw Tyler Matikevich on the field at the end of the game. I thought Tyrell Dodson, when he was out there, played really well. And like you said, he tweeted post game. So hopefully that was just something minor. Um, they, they have Andre Smith on the practice squad. Obviously he still doesn't know the system, however. So I don't know how realistic it would be for him to come in and, and, and play that inside linebacker spot. If something, uh, if Tremaine Edmonds was to be out for a few weeks here or there, uh, Corey Thompson, who is with the team, been with the team for a few years, he's still a free agent out there in the market. So if they have to make some calls, there are some guys out there that have, that know the system that might be able to come in. Um, so, you know, but like you said, it's wait and see because we don't know. And, and a hamstring injury going to Miami, a place that's going to be really hot. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see Milano out there, but again, maybe I'll be wrong. And, and, uh, we'll, we just have to wait and see, like you said, but I thought it was encouraging that Edmonds was out there on the sideline after talking with the teammates. Hopefully that was a good sign. They were kind of just shutting him down for the day, but it's a wait and see situation for sure. Yeah, they did that with Tremaine or uh, Tredavious White as well. They brought him out in the last, I think, two series or at least the last series. Smart. I mean, you were it, the game was already out of reach. Um, but I thought what what we saw with Josh today. I want to talk a little bit more about that before we move on. Was um, you know so, something that really jumped out early in the week was Mitch Morse talking about his composure and his calm in the huddle. You know th- that's significant because you know while guys really raved about that with him last year, it just seems like he he's on track more right now. Like he he understand what he's being asked to do and he's going out there to execute it. At no point today where you know. Uh, other than I thought at the start it was a little bit of a um, scatter. A uh, little bit of a discombobulated start. You know, he like gets amped up. He's he's admitted this before, and I think he gets out there. He wants to make some plays. I thought he didn't really let himself uh, get comfortable in the pocket and maybe trust his eyes a little bit, um, and that that led to some early problems. I like that the the Bills came out and really tried to attack a bad secondary in the Jets. I mean, we saw that today. They weren't very good. Pierre Desir is good, but going up against John Brown and, and, and Stefan Diggs all day was going to be a very tall task. So I think that this was a scenario where Brian Dable tried to attack the Jets' weakness, get the ball out of Josh's hands quickly, and allow his playmakers to play plays. And if you look at the entire body of work, I think that they were successful in that because – like I said, you look around the league, you look at how much Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans struggled against the Chiefs on, on Thursday night. You look at what's going on in Cleveland today. You look at what's going on for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense right now. Uh, last I checked, I think that they just scored finally a, a second touchdown. Uh, but this is the first week after seven months without any football. And so it might take a little time to figure all this out. And 70% completion percentage for Josh Allen today. 70%. Yeah, and- 70%, 71.7, 312 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And a rushing touchdown. There you go. <laughs> See, going back to what you were just saying, yeah, a lot of upsets around the league as well. Jacksonville picking up a win. Uh, and there's a few more. I truly haven't even been able to sit down and look at all those scores because the Bills game had us so busy. But, you, you know, 
Allen, I feel like he took another step today. That's what I wanted to see from year two to year three in terms of upping the completion percentage. I wasn't saying 70%, hitting 72% or almost 70% is impressive. And he was spreading the ball around. It wasn't just Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley. Gabe Davis had two catches. Isaiah McKenzie had three catches. Dawson Knox had two. The running backs had their share. So that ball was getting spread out amongst everyone. And, you know, I don't know if Ryan Bates declared himself eligible, but it looked like he was going to be the target on that Josh Allen uh, rushing touchdown. He kind of ran out and looked like he ran a little bit of a route there. So we'll have to kind of go back and look at that. Uh, It's funny, though, Matt, because some members of the Bills Mafia, they are not seven months out of action. They were in midseason form today on Twitter telling me that Brian Dable needed to get fired. And I said, are you guys watching the same game as me? This guy is has his offense marching up and down the field. They're like, yeah, well, they're not scoring touchdowns. I'm like, he can't have Josh Allen. He can't be out there holding the ball for Josh Allen. He can't be doing, you know, this, that, or the other. I was blown away with Brian Dable kind of transitioning over to the offensive coordinator here. Uh, I just think there's some p- fans out there that may not like this guy, but did, did you watch that game? They controlled the ball for 41 minutes. This guy had them marching up and down the field where they could have easily been up 35 to nothing at halftime. If they, that, if that had been the score, there would not have been crickets from that crowd. Turnovers happen in the NFL. That's not on the coordinator. He drew up some great plays. He can, he helped the team convert a lot of third downs and the bills to their credit did a nice job of executing that game plan. So, you know, there's always going to be those people. And and for the anti-Bills fans, the Josh Allen haters, of course, what's the one video clip that we see on social media? The missed throw to John Brown. Did he sail it? Absolutely. But show some of those other plays, the the 300-yard passing plays, the the rushing touchdown. There's a lot more than one or two bad throws. You can do that to any quarterback out there. So, you know, some members of the anti-Josh Allen train, some of those uh, Brian Dable haters, they, they were in midseason form today, but I came away impressed with both. Yes, Allen has some areas to clean up, but for the first game back, he did what he had to do. He, he accomplished uh, some career milestones here, so I don't see much to complain about. No, and I uh, I knew we were walking into this, you know, as that as that conversation started to bubble up. Uh, uh, Friday uh, with, you know, where are expectations truly with this? And, you know, I think that there was some unrest with the fact that Tyler Bass missed a couple of field goals. Uh, one wasn't actually hmm. a miss. And, you know, after the replay and, and if this game had been a little bit closer, I think Bill's Bill's fans would have been a little bit perturbed about uh, that call not getting made properly. Um, but, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, interesting times for the rookie kicker. This is something we talked about though. 50 plus is where, you know, he's known to be strongest. It's the, it's that mid range that where at times he struggled in the past. And that's, you know, those are demons that he's going to have to exercise. And I think the more reps you get him, the better off he'll be. Uh, he did respond. He made a couple field goals today. And if, if they count the one that he should have made, he's three for four on the day with a couple uh, extra points, a couple good kickoffs. Uh, what was your impressions of Tyler Bass's day? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That first one was good. They, you know, I, you can't, I can't believe they couldn't go back and look at that and review that. That's kind of blows my mind. Um, so he really should have finished three for four. Like you said, I, I will say though, that he kind of eked those field goals that he even made in, they right. were really close to that goalpost. So they weren't necessarily those right down the middle, like his extra points were. So he did have probably the bills mafia kind of holding in their breath there for a little bit. Uh, kind of Dan Carpenter style from a few years ago. You never knew what you're going to get there, but 
like you said, young kid, great on the kickoffs, though. When they wanted him to kick it out of the end zone, he kicked it out of the end zone. That opening kick, it almost looked like he was told to leave it short, the way he kicked it compared to the rest of his uh, kickoffs. So I, I thought overall, though, it, it was an okay day. There's obviously room for growth after officially missing two field goals, really only missing one. But he got that. He got out there. He got some nerves out. Next week will be a big test because there will actually be some fans in the stands in Miami. So can he convert on some kicks where there's going to be some heckling going on? There's going to be some actual noise, not that artificial piped-in noise that we heard today. So, you know, all things considered, Sean McDermott said the team still has a lot of confidence in Bass, and I, I truly believe that. Uh, let's move on real quick. Talk a little bit about this defense today because they came out and were really just spectacular early on. Everything that we, I think, expected. Uh, Sam Darnold looked uncomfortable. He looked, uh, he had that happy feet going on. It kind of reminded me, you know, as there weren't the turnovers, but it, it gave me, uh, uh, you know, little reminiscence of, of the ghost game against the Patriots where he kind of just had that dumbfounded look on his eyes and, you know, good defenses do that. And the bills were bringing pressure. Uh, I saw a couple uh, comments about where was Ed Oliver today. Uh, I want to go back and watch this game again to really kind of dig into how he played. Uh, it's tough in real time when I'm writing and tweeting and all that kind of stuff. But I thought the defensive line as a whole, when you're talking about rushing as a group, I thought they did a good job of, of keeping Sam Darnold um, off balance and forcing him to move around in the pocket. You saw early on him just not in sync with his receivers. And so I thought from a defensive perspective, the Matt Milano interception, the big Jordan Poyer play, um, he, he broke up uh, or caused a fumble there on that nice little uh, screen pass. And then, you know, where I thought the Bills were going to be able to win this game, I thought that both Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, Addison with his first sack as a Bill, really dominated in their matchups against uh, Becton, the rookie. Yeah, I'm going to point out two other defensive linemen that I was really impressed with, one being Trent Murphy. Uh, yeah, he had a sack in this game, but early in the game, uh, he he stopped Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. He, he was out there. He was first. He set the edge like he always does, extremely job, uh, an extremely well job of. And then when he saw that Bell had the ball, he just rushed in there and stopped him right at the line or for a short loss. He had the sack. He played really well. And flying under the radar, I thought that Justin Zimmer, at least when I was paying attention to him, <laughs> he had a really nice game. Gets pr uh, elevated from the practice squad this week. Has a tackle for loss. Has a second tackle where. Uh, someone else can contributed to that. So it wasn't a solo tackle, but again, stopped a running one of the running backs right at the line. So uh, that defensive line all the way across played really well. I thought early in the game, Darnold's receivers let him down a little bit. I thought he hit some of them on the hands with some passes. They should have come in, but then, you know, second series, third series, he was starting to get a little bit of the happy feet. He was throwing some, uh, p passes off it off, maybe the wrong foot. He, he didn't look that comfortable. Like you said, and then he had some other dangerous throws mixed in there that he was very lucky didn't get intercepted, not to mention the one where he threw across his body and you knew as soon as he delivered that. If there was a bill nearby, that was going the other way. So, you know, defensive line played well. The linebackers played well despite suffering multiple injuries. Uh, and then the secondary continues to be such a, uh, a, a strong spot for the Bills. You know, when Micah Hyde went down temporarily, that was going to be something that I thought would be a huge blow to this defense. But he came back in. Uh, all in all, though, exactly what you would expect from this defense after uh, what we've seen from the last few seasons. Um, all right. Any questions before we get out of here? Anything that you saw in the comments that we should hit on before we go? These are going to be usually about 20 minutes after the game just to give you our quick thoughts and 
uh, where things are at. We'll obviously follow back uh, with the coordinators, I believe, tomorrow and Sean tomorrow. So we'll get more as everybody gets a chance to really go back and, and sink their teeth into this thing. Yeah, you know, the best thing that I saw in here was, wasn't a question. It was uh, Christopher Hogan saying, I will donate my hamstring to Milano. So, you know, Chris, we'll, we'll keep you on standby in case that needs to be done. So that very nice. No, I think at the end of the day, you come out here, you really uh, play well in the in the opener, and you're one to know. And I think that the Jets are who we kind of thought they were. It looks like the Dolphins may not be as good as a lot of people thought they were. I bet you Peter King's sitting somewhere right now and saying, geez, maybe I should have picked somebody else to win this division. I haven't watched that game yet. But um, so I, I think that the 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 – the two teams in this division are going to be the Patriots and the bills. And, you know, if Cam Newton can continue to build some continuity there, uh, it looked like they pr were pretty comfortable from the jump, which surprised me. Um, you know, they, from what I've read, they came up with a really good game plan for him and put him in situations to be comfortable and, you know, kind of didn't look like the traditional new England offense. I'll be interested to go back and watch that game as well. Uh, but I think this is a good start. And now it's about looking into next week and beyond because, um, I think what you have, one cool thing that Stefan Diggs says, and we could talk about this before we get out of here. He said, um, Josh, Josh was asked about John Brown and, you know, he, at first he said like, we have a great one, two punch. And then he can't kind of came back and said, well, actually it's, we don't really have a one and a two. It's like, we have two ones. And I kind of want to you know, sit back and think about it. He watched John Brown play today and yeah, he's continuing to do the same stuff that he was doing last year. And he was, a, he was, a he was a, low end number one last year, in my opinion, with the way that he had uh, that the way that he played. So that's a real good dynamic to have for not only Josh Allen, but this Bill's offense, they have two bona fide weapons that, you know, even after, um, you know, even on that one short ball to John Brown that he scored on today, I mean, that was an explosive play. I mean, I think that he's going to be able to put, be put in more situations to make plays like that because the focus can't be on him. Yeah, without a doubt. And also kudos to John Brown for being able to scoop that ball up because it looked like it was coming in really low. He was able to get it before it hit the turf and, and he went untouched. I mean, uh, the, the Bills did have an offensive line blocker out there, but by the time Brown ran by him, there was nothing for him left to do. So that was a great play design. Both guys were able to get open. You know, next week they do face a tougher test in the secondary of the Miami Dolphins, uh, but maybe that'll be a Cole Beasley game. Maybe that'll be a game where Gabriel Davis gets more involved because those top two guys are going to be the focal points and they do have two cornerbacks that might be able to slow them down to a certain extent. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bills see in the Dolphins defense and how they attack that after successfully attacking the Jets here in week one. Yeah, and I, I would expect there to the, them to utilize the running backs a little bit more today. They went pass heavy. Uh, even Devin Singletary admitted it, you know, he, you know, he'd like to get in more of a rhythm. You know, it's tough to do that when you're passing as much as they were doing. Uh, so I would see both of those guys getting more involved, but uh, nine carries for Zach Moss, nine carries for Devin Singletary. I think that that's going to be the usage rate that we're looking at this season. Two guys that are going to get kind of like an equal share of the carries. Zach Moss made a nice play on the touchdown catch. And those kind of little moments will provide confidence, not only for your quarterback, but you know, for your offensive coordinator to continue to give you opportunities on the field. No, oh, without a doubt. So you know, Bills Mafia, one game, 1-0. Yeah, the score could have been a lot more lopsided than it was. But going to work tomorrow, feeling pretty good about how this game panned out after seven months of no football, no preseason, no OTAs. Uh, I think, if anything, you know, this was a great little test run for the Bills, and we can we got to see just a little bit of what this team 
can do, and it should only get better as the weeks go on and the chemistry builds up. 400 total yards of offense, 25 or more points. I think that that is a benchmark that if the Bills can hit every week, Bills fans, like you said, should go to work happy on Monday with a W. He is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Go subscribe everywhere like we always tell you to do. Rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We will be back on Wednesday with our live show. Um, we have a special guest, Mr. Matthew Fairburn, uh, formerly of Syracuse.com, now with The Athletic. We're going to dive into, uh, you know, the next week's matchup, talk about our extended impressions from this week, because that's one of the things I like to do. I like to go back and watch the game and, and, and take a look at some of the line play. Like, obviously, uh, there's so many little things we can get into, but we'll talk more about the the offensive line rotation, Cody Ford at right guard, Daryl Williams at right tackle. That is something that we saw quite a bit at camp this year. So that played out uh, and that's probably why Sean McDermott didn't want us to tell you. So you could throw that out there today, but we'll talk more about that with Matthew Fairburn on Wednesday. Uh, have a great week, uh, weekend, a couple hours left and we'll see you on Wednesday. Take care guys.